The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. This hour, we got a great interview with Landy Burdine, Landry Burdine from TCU. He's a color commentator for TCU. Uh, he will be talking uh, with Hook Em Up guys. We'll play that audio from this morning. Uh, great stuff, inside stuff onto TCU and what to expect on Saturday. We'll play some of that. Uh, we'll talk some NFL, Texas women's basketball. Started off their season last night. We'll talk. We'll mention that. We'll talk about. I don't have too much on it. It was, uh, it was you know early season women's basketball. They did what they needed to do. We'll get into that. And, of course, your text, 512-447-3776. And uh, you guys are killing on the text line right now. Uh, We're talking about how many passing yards you uh, would be okay with seeing and how many turnovers against TCU. We're talking about getting a path to the college football playoff. Some of you guys got some opinions about that. If you had an opinion about Texas' path, their ability to get get into the college football playoff, they're, they're Texas. They're a, they're a media market. They're a team that people want to see because people are going to watch. It's a name that people know. It's more so than Washington. It's more so than Oregon. It's, you know, probably more so than Florida State. Not so much, you know, in the pad, but now I, I maybe. I mean, it's, a, it's even with it, maybe a little bit better. And Michigan right now not favorable with a lot of people. Because of the the scandal that's going on, that they may lose some votes because there may be some, you know, we know there's some people in that room that may be old school curmudgeonly people that already didn't like Harbaugh and already didn't like Michigan because clearly they like Ohio State. If Ohio State is ranked number one above Georgia, which is crazy because we know Notre Dame is not that great of a team. We know Penn State can't win the big one, and that is what we're basing them being the number one team in the country on. So I don't take them as the number one team in the country. But if you're going to say that, I could believe if on Saturday Michigan loses to Penn State, they're dropping out. And if Michigan loses to Penn State and then loses to Ohio State, they're definitely out. And they're going to move down, even though they've been dominating this season. They have not had a big game yet. That's kind of why they're at three. I don't see Georgia moving. I, I think they'll beat Ole Miss and Tennessee. If they do, even if they lose, I still think they'll be probably the number one ranked one-loss team, uh, even above Pac-12 and probably still in there. Florida State can't lose. They play Miami. They play Florida. Uh, neither one seems like a team that will beat them, but could. Uh, we get some text from Nate that says, look here, Patrick, Longhorns are making the college football playoff. I don't have a plan of how. I just believe it's faith, man. Hook them. I like the attitude. I like I feel that way too. I feel that there is a hope for Texas uh to make the big to make the college football playoff. It doesn't look great when you look at it, but I do believe there is a way to do it. This texter says if Michigan beats OSU or the other way around and it's a close game, they may not drop very far. I think if Ohio State lost to Michigan by 40, they're still in the college football playoff if they went out, which is stupid. But I think that's just the way, you know, the the pollsters have spoken and they they're putting them at number one above Georgia. And if you're putting them against a, above Georgia, who is hasn't lost a game in years, I I, I assume you're saying that that they're the best team in the country. I, I mean, I don't see it, but that's where it looks like it is right now. So I think you really kind of need those Pac-12 teams to eat each other. 
and you know Washington lose to a Utah, Oregon State, or Washington State, and they'll knock them down. Oregon, if they lose to a USC, Oregon State, that'll knock them down. And if Texas wins handily and wins a Big Twelve championship, I think they can jump the Pac twelve teams. I think there will be some some push for Texas in the end of the season if they go out and are a a win you know uh, win out. I think there will be a one loss team winning out. I think they'll have some more votes going for them. But if there's undefeated teams ahead of them, it's hard for them to jump. And that's kind of where Texas is stuck. You need some of those other teams to win. And if no clear path, to, uh, Texas says, if no clear path determines the college football playoffs, uh, the two-man sack race will be held on consecutive Saturdays until a champion is crowned. Uh, yeah, it's – look, I, I, I'm tell, it, it, it's crazy. There's a reason why the college football playoff is expanding, and I think this is the perfect example of it, of – you know, you'd like to see all five conferences, uh, power five conferences. I know we're losing one next year, but uh, you like to see everybody not have to fight for this. You do, you'd hate that the Big Ten just to get two in for no reason. They didn't play anybody non-con, and they still get everybody in. And I know Michigan's playing people non They're playing Texas non-con last year, so Texas may be hoping for all the sanctions in the world so that non-con game next year, Texas gets a good win. But it is like there is I, – I think there is a path – you need the Pac-12 to go the way you want it to so Texas can get up a little bit closer, and then you just wait and you hope for the ACC. You hope that Florida State stumbles, or you hope Michigan stumbles if you're a Texas fan because I don't see a way Georgia or Ohio State gets really knocked out unless I, Georgia loses two, uh, but that doesn't seem likely. It doesn't seem likely they've gone this far without losing. They look that good all season, and they lose two. So I'm thinking you're looking at you know Michigan that some of these sign-stealing scandals are true, which I don't think they are. I don't think it's necessarily going to affect them the way people think it does. I think Michigan wins out and Ohio State still stays in, even though they have two great wins over teams. If, if Michigan beats Penn State by 30, you know, Notre Dame has two games. They're not going to lose either one of those, but Notre Dame is not the same team that they look like when Ohio State beat them barely. I don't, I don't necessarily put the same uh, preference on it. Uh, the Sager says, Sorry, but you nailed it. We are barely scraping by in a bad league. I don't think we're a bad league. I think we're we're an okay league. I think the majority of our teams would beat the majority of Big Ten teams. The Big Ten is not a great conference. It has really good schools at the top, but they don't play anybody, so they look better. The Big Ten has a lot of crappy teams in the conference right now, teams that are just not recruiting. Ohio State and, and, and Michigan are winning recruiting so heavily in that area. That it's just really wiping out pretty much everybody else. And Penn State recruits well, too. Like, that whole Big Ten area is being overly recruited by Ohio State. And the money is just not – and Nebraska doesn't know what they're doing. They're trying to get back into it. There's just not a lot. Iowa's not – I mean, they're okay. But do you think Iowa's winning the Big, tw- the Big 12 with no offense whatsoever? It's something I just don't – I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there are ways that, uh, that Texas – Go. How much of the poll is just to keep us talking about it? some of it? I mean, that is kind of my job, so I, I'm going to continue to talk about it because it's something interesting to talk about, and I've got to you know fill two hours a day, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Kevin from Elgin, I appreciate you texting in. Uh, he score protects. I get that. It's more of an NFL practice. I've yet to see him go to the throat of opponents and uh, unbashedly crush the thing that I respect. It also bugs me about Sark. He doesn't run up the scores. It's college football. It's expected. It's, it's uh, possibly needed for the rankings. I don't necessarily agree with you, chief engineer. I think he would run up the scores if he could. I think he would if he could. I don't think he can. I think he has issues with 
continuing to make an effective game plan. I think he's trying to get too cute in it and trying to play safe, but not trying. He's not trying to not score, and he just doesn't do it. I I, I don't know if it's really him. I think it's more that he's not a great second half coach, which we've seen in his years here. I'll tell you who is who is great, and they're great in the first half. They're great in the second half. They're great uh, whenever you need to get them in. Uh, I want to tell you about my friends at Dr. Greg Eckert. I went to see Dr. Greg Eckert not that long ago, and his staff was so nice, and it went into the, it's a nice waiting area, and and it was a little nervous because I hadn't been to the dentist in a very long time, and so I was kind of a little bit nervous about the entire situation, and then walking in and telling me that my teeth were all going to fall out of my head, and what was I doing, and I should have gone earlier. None of that happened. They were super nice, took me back, took care of me, uh, found a plan, took some pictures, Got just really easily, quickly got through, made a plan, did a quick cleaning of my teeth so my smile looked better when I left the office that day and gave me a plan going forward that we can attack to get my teeth back where I need them to be, to get my mouth health back where I need it to be. And whatever you're looking for for Dr. Eckert, whether you're looking for a new uh, whether you're looking for a new doctor, a new dentist, whether you're looking uh, to just see what's out there or you need something big and you need a different opinion about it, check out Dr. Greg Eckert because he's also got this thing called Teeth in a Day. And he can give you a new smile in just one day, permanently secured to dental implants. It's a short treatment time, no, ten- no time spent without teeth. And you can smile with, confidence, uh, smile with confidence again, eat freely again without pain or discomfort. And it's a lifelike permanent solution. If you've been told your teeth need to be replaced, call Dr. Eckert today to learn about this revolutionary alternative to dentures. Call today for a complimentary consultation and to find out how this procedure works. And I'm telling you, a confident smile can truly change your life. There have been 27 years of practice, and you can tell by how nice, how comfortable the entire experience was. It's not like a normal going to a dentist. It's not what you think it's going to be. If you have dental anxiety or if you love going to the dentist, you weirdos, you can go to Dr. Greg Eckert and you're going to enjoy it either way. Uh, You can get general dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, teeth in a day. The phone number, 512-345-3166 or online at DrEckert.com. That's Eckert with a U, U U-E-C-K-E-R-T. I'm going to do that again with you. Eckert with a U, U U-E-C-K-E-R-T, DrEckert.com. All right, text line. You guys are you guys are going on this. Uh, Scarlett says it's time for Texas to hit on all cylinders. Uh, they need a peak starting now. No more slow starts. No more squeaking by. They need to start executing from start to finish, getting gearing up for a legit playoff run. I agree. This is but TCU is a perfect example of a bin, but don't break. But allow your offense to go out there and score points. Don't have turnovers. And if you don't turn the ball over against this TCU or this TCU team. You should be able to get some interceptions, win the interception war, get some short fields, and start to score and get up on them. They do have troubles in the red zone just like Texas does, so they're going to be kicking some field goals. You can have fourth down stops over and over again. If you can start to fix those problems, it's going to be very good. Uh, Sark says, uh, and, and as you say, if he can't, that's really scary for next year and the years to come. I agree. It was scary last year. He's not been a great second-half coach. He just hasn't been. And we saw against Alabama and some other games earlier this year, we thought, oh, he's figuring out the second half. Once he's gotten back into Big 12, it has reverted to a lot of Coach Steven in the second half. Uh, Chan says uh, he's got passing yards allowed as a sign of improvement, less than 200 yards and two interceptions. Under 200 yards would be a really good uh, game for this Texas team. I I think it'll be at least 250 just because of – 
how good this passing offense can be and how much I feel like Texas is going to shut down the run game, but we don't know. And Chan also says he met PD up at the crossing uh, of the north and my teeth were white. I appreciate you helping out with the endorsement, Chan. I appreciate it. I believe the guys will be back out there again this Saturday uh, doing pregame. Uh, Aaron Hogan and Rob Bayers will be out there Saturday at uh, the Fieldhouse at the crossover. I believe they will be out there again uh, this Saturday. That'll be a fun time out there from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, let's see. I had another text I wanted to get to, but I... I can't let me uh, let me get to Lorenzo because I've had his and we were talking about the college football playoffs. So I want to get to it. I uh, got a question for you, my man. Uh, why do you think we're seeing so many sources say Arch Manning is going to transfer out this year when clearly the Manning family has a history of always staying where they're at, but uh, they've gone. But now the student generation of players is very different. Does it worry you that he might leave? No, it doesn't. Uh, Lorenzo, I appreciate the question. Uh, I've, I mentioned this a little bit yesterday, but I didn't mention enough. I've seen the articles, too. I keep seeing it. But I don't see it from anybody reputable. I see it from a lot of clickbait stuff. I see it from people that are needing something to talk about on a Wednesday. And they felt that was, oh, we can get that Sark. They were the same people that said Arch was, was not going to come here because of Quinn Ewers in the playing time. And they were the same people that said Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy were going to transfer as soon as Arch agreed to come here. They're the same people that said, we'll say whatever they've got to say. So you click and that they're going to, where is he going to transfer to? Where is he going to transfer? I don't think Arch is going to transfer. I don't think the plan was for him to ever play this year. Uh, his dad came out, Cooper Manning came out and said he's still got a ways to go and got a little bit better. They want him to step on the field as a Manning and play really good football. And I think they know, you know, a year sitting back on that is not a bad thing for him. And, and honestly, you can't go with the NFL until three years out of high school. It, why would you not want to sit out a year and then maybe play two and then go off? That seems like a better plan physically, you know, not coming straight out of high school. And now we've seen his pictures, so he's doing pretty good. But I, I, I don't, I do not see any clearance to uh, credence to it there, Lorenzo. But I do appreciate your text. Uh, it is, it is frustrating to see. It is frustrating to see. Uh, Texas women basketball did get a win yesterday, uh, eighty to thirty-five over Southern. So a good win for Texas women's basketball. These early games for Texas women's basketball until they get into Big 12 and start, they they could be win some of these pretty big. But Vic Schaefer is going to have these girls in shape, and he is he is not someone that is afraid to run up the score. Uh, two players for Texas had double doubles: Amina Muhammad and Taylor Jones. Both had double doubles. I believe they're both six four players. So the big girls doing good for Texas women's basketball. Good to see that uh, tonight. We do have some NFL action. I don't know how many of you are excited about it because this game has one of the worst storylines in, in, in NFL Thursday night football history. The storyline is the Bears have both the draft picks. And so if they, if they want to have a better shot to get the number one draft pick, they're supposed to win today to knock down Carolina because they can't control what Carolina does for the rest of the season. So to help their draft odds, they must beat Carolina tonight to help knock them down to get a better pick from that pick, and then they can tank their own pick and then have two good picks. That's the storyline that is the main point for tonight. I mean, we know uh, no Herbert's there. Justin Fields is not there for the Bears. Uh, Badgett is going to be an okay. He's done okay, but the more film you get on him, the more you kind of pick him apart. And I feel bad for the Panthers. And Panthers fans are getting, I've started to see them start to get a little bit, you know, little on C.J. Stroud's case, which I get, I get that it's annoying to, you know, the number two pick 
is doing better than the number one pick and not necessarily in a situation. The Houston Texans have uh, have put so many draft picks on this offensive line and they had, they've invested so much money on this offensive line that he has a much better offensive line. Yes, they were beat to hell for most of the season, but they do have a solid base of an offensive line that now that they're starting to get healthier, he's looking better and better. They did have a Nico Collins already on this team. They drafted a Tank Dell that has great uh, relationship with C.J. Stroud, and those two guys have seemed to be working great. And remember, C.J. Stroud was one of the guys who told them to go get Tank Dell because he worked with him at camp. And, and Bryce Young, they traded away D.J. Moore to get him. They traded away the guy that may be there to go get his re- to go get his passes. It, it's it's an unfortunate thing. To see, uh, it's an unfortunate thing to see that uh, Texas, that that Carolina is just not being able to do uh, what they wanted them to be able to do. That's unfortunate. Uh, but it does mean in this game against a not great Bears defense that Carolina may have a shot. I have Carolina winning this game. I think Carolina wants it more because they don't have their first pick. I think. They, you know, they, there is no reason for them to tank. And I think the Bears are just going to have still a little bit of trouble. You know, you, if you are able to game plan, if Frank Reich really wants to do the t- work, I think he can get this team ready to go. I think he can get this Carolina Panthers team ready to go and up for this game against the Bears team, which has had so much off the field drama this year that has had two coaches gone, one under uh, mysterious circumstances that we still haven't found out why they were apparently raiding houses and possibly the Bears. I don't know. We come back. We'll play that interview from Texas TCU uh, and keep the show, show going right here on the Sports Complex, the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back on the sports complex on a Thursday afternoon. It's MC Hammer playing veterans all week long in honor of Veterans Day happening Saturday. A salute to all of our veterans. And yes, MC Hammer served three years in the Navy, which wouldn't make it so it doesn't surprise you who guest stars in this music video, or I guess has a cameo, I should say, in this music video, is David Robinson, which didn't make any sense the first time I saw it. It just seems so out of place that David Robinson's in basically any music video, but when you realize how religious MC Hammer is, how religious David Robinson is, and that they both uh, were naval men, then it makes it makes more sense that he would have been in there, that they have connections and they'd be into it. We know MC Hammer is also... Uh, a big sports guy as well, and I believe he might be a sports agent now. That might be a thing, but yeah, salute to all of our veterans. Uh, veterans Day happening on Saturday, so we hope that everybody uh, will have a good plan to salute our veterans and do whatever you can. Just do whatever you can to be to be nice to people and just you know be nice to people, but be nice to veterans. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any any uh, altruistic 
uh, words of wisdom on that. But uh, salute, we will say that. We've had fun playing the songs. Tomorrow will be a 5.2 Friday, so we'll play some local music you can go check out uh, around town this weekend. So we'll give you that tomorrow. Uh, I do want to play this interview. Uh, I saved it till the 6 o'clock hour. It's a little long, but it's really, really good with Landry Burdine. Uh, he is the uh, color analyst for TCU. You can kind of get a good feel of the game in this, how TCU is feeling about this season, which is understandable because they had a really good season last season. Uh, but it's a good insight for this TCU game. So I want to play it for you. It's always good when those guys, uh, you know, Aaron opens up his, uh, his contact list and Ron opens up his contact list and they are able to pull somebody in. Uh, with some inside knowledge of the opponent so we can feel a little bit more like Connor Stallions and, and get our inside t- tasks of an inside look at what this team is going to be doing for TCU uh, as we get closer to that game on Saturday, which is uh, not a huge game for uh, for TCU. I mean, it is for them trying to get to bowl eligibility, but uh, for Texas, it is a game uh, that is huge because every game is huge now to try and get some some clout and get a little bit further and closer to maybe moving up in that college football playoff poll. I know they don't want to talk about it. Sark doesn't want to talk about it, but that's where we want to get to. So here's uh, some sound from uh, Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B this morning, talking to Landry Berdine of the of TCU, of TCU fame, and of TCU uh, color commentator uh, right now. Uh, all right, to learn more about this matchup and Josh Hoover and this 4-5 and five TCU team, what a difference a year makes for them. Uh, but he's been there through all the ups and downs. He is the color analyst for TCU Radio now. I had him on the sidelines. He's moved up. He's moved nice. up to the pecking order. Uh, he's a great friend of our show. He's our buddy Landry Burdine on the Vaqueros Hotline. Landry, LB, how are you, man? Aaron, man, always good to talk to you, brother. It's, uh, I've missed you. I've missed you. We, normally we do a little pregame talk, and this is good. I feel like the world's kind of coming back around and it uh, feels normal again, man. I'm doing great. Yeah, nor- normally see you up at Big 12 Media Days, but we didn't make it up to the Big 12 Media Days this year was all that was going on on our radio station. But I uh, hope to catch up soon, and it's good to hear your voice. And uh, uh, tell us about this team. Uh, you, you see every play. I mean, 4-5 and five has been a frustrating year with some injuries. Got off to the rough start with the Colorado game which you know, you know, Colorado got all the headlines, but you guys became kind of a national conversation yourselves there for a bad reason. But what is this team with Sonny Dykes, four and five? But more than the numbers would tell you they're, they're better than their record as far as the analytics would say. Yeah, it's been, you know, I think you've got to start with the losses from last year. I mean, you hate to, you hate to do that, but when you lose 80% of that offense and, and really every body that you lost is is playing significant time in the NFL um you know it's not like they're selling insurance now I mean all those guys can play uh and then you lose you know really your key if you look at the defense and the struggles it's it's where the the losses were from last year D winners uh Dylan Horton you know guys seeing significant time and then he lost the Thorpe Award winner and Travis Hodges Tomlinson a corner and, and to play this defense well you have to have lockdown corners and they've just been searching for that they've really just been searching for an identity man and that um you know i I could go on a a pretty long um you know kind of treatise on on my theories on the transfer portal and how i think it's going to be cyclical um i'm not against it by any means but i think tcu thought they could fill in mass a lot of those spots with portal guys and i think what you found is you've got to have a combination of guys that bleed for that place along with guys that come in kind of as mercenaries, and, and you can't rely mainly on that. And I think the Frogs are hurting from that a little bit. 
Hey, Landry, what are your thoughts about the uh, the play of the young quarterback, Josh Hoover? I like his skill set. He's got a nice, quick release. He's definitely got a strong enough arm. Uh, but uh, he's been young and careless with the football at times. Uh, what are your thoughts about Josh Hoover? Is he getting better game to game? Yeah, Rod, it's a good question. You know, it, it honestly reminds me a lot of, of freshman Andy Dalton, right? When when Dalton came to Austin and played Texas, uh, threw, threw a lot of picks, ill-advised throws, didn't handle pressure well. Uh, that's what you're seeing out of Josh Hoover. Uh, when he's given time, he's really good. I mean, he looks great. He he reminds me actually a lot of Andy Dalton the way he throws the football. So uh, he doesn't rely on his legs as much, and and that has been, I think, a bit of an issue that that TCU's lost that wrinkle of kind of that third weapon from the quarterback position. You know, Max Duggan was either going to run it, he was going to throw it, or he was going to you know figure out some way to to make a play with his legs and scrambling and. Uh, I think the Frogs have to get back to that a little bit. So Josh Hoover is a really high-level quarterback. There's a reason that, that he's, you know, that he had the game he had against BYU. I mean, heck, I think he threw for 500 yards against a decent BYU team. I, I, you know, I, I think history is going to show that they're not great. Uh, but for, for that to be his first outing, it was pretty impressive. The The problem was people saw the tape and realized BYU wasn't able to get pressure. And, you know, so when he went up to get, against Kansas State and Texas Tech, they brought the house, and, and they didn't handle it well. So that's something they're going to have to really adjust for, especially with Texas coming in. Yeah, Texas defensive front's been as good as any. Uh, they have been susceptible, though, Longhorns in the back end uh, to, to the passing game. So if you can protect your young quarterback, um, you know, we know Bailey's the running back, but who are the top receivers? I mean, who are the guys that they, they can really give Texas trouble? They've had the Longhorns have really had trouble when, when safeties get caught in coverage and uh, some of the some of the injuries back there. Who are the explosive players on the outside for TCU? You know, Aaron, I think that's one of the issues. Uh, the Frogs have not found that guy to take the top off of a defense this year, or nobody's emerged. I mean, there's plenty of options. Uh, John Paul Richardson, you know, transferred in uh, from uh, Oklahoma State, uh, Bucky Richardson's kid, and, and he's been phenomenal uh, in a lot of ways. I think he's got almost 500 yards receiving on the year. Uh, but the speed burners are guys like Jalen Robinson, uh, who transferred in from Ole Miss, Dalen Wright, uh, you know, was another guy. I think he's actually going to be injured for this week. Uh, but you've not seen any of those guys really step up and be like, okay, here's the go-to guy, like a Quentin Johnston last year or a Darius Davis or one of those guys that could just burn. Um, and I think part of that is inexperience at quarterback actually getting in the football. So we just haven't seen that emerge, and that's been one of the biggest issues and the biggest themes, especially in the red zone. I mean, Aaron, you mentioned how how good the stats look and the analytics look. Uh, it's because they do between the 20s. Uh, but the the Frogs' problem has been when they get in the red zone. It's just they have not been able to execute well. And it's not just poor execution. It's It's been mistakes, like just out-and-out out stupid passes and, you know, fumbles and penalties. And, and as soon as they get in the red zone, it's like they lose their mind. You know, it's like me when I'd sit down for a test when I was in school. I'd just, I'd, you know, just lose my mind. That's what it looks like with these guys. I mean, they just kind of – you can feel the, the pressure ramp up and – uh, but you know what, man? It's a resilient bunch, and, and uh, this weekend is going to be a new challenge, and, and you know, hopefully they'll, they'll show up a little bit better. Atlanta, let's talk about the lines of scrimmage uh, for TCU. Uh, it, it, it seems like, obviously, last year uh, the lines of scrimmage were definitely a strength for them. They, bring back, they brought back their two tackles on the offensive line, correct? Is, are the struggles on the offensive line in the interior for them? Yeah, I think so. You're talking about Andrew Coker and Brandon Coleman coming back, and 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 you know they're both obviously senior leaders. Guy's been around for a long time. Coker's a junior, but I you know I could see him going in the draft this year. So uh, they moved John Lands over to center. Uh, he was a backup kind of guard, played significant minutes last year. He's been 
good. Uh, but, yeah, then, you know, they've just been trying to find the right fit. You know, they've been rolling in Willis Patrick, Ben Taylor Woodfield, you know, Marcus Williams. I mean, they're just trying to find that right fit. And i got to tell you guys, I mean, when you're eight, nine games deep into a season and you're still trying to find a fit, that, that tells you a lot. You know, I mean, if, if you're still trying to find the right uh, group to go with, that, that's a problem. So, you know, hopefully they've kind of settled in a little bit. I'm not even sure who's going to start at right guard this week. Uh, you know, I'm sure it, a lot of it depends on practice. We, yeah, I, I was not able. I've been in New York all week. I wasn't able to go. Normally, I'll sit in there and watch film on Wednesdays, and that's when I'll get a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. So I, I'll be just as surprised as you guys on who rolls out there. This <laughs> it is interesting year by year. You mentioned your little. You could go on a rant about the transfer portal, and I know it made headlines that uh, that, that Sonny Dykes brought in. You know, three kids from Alabama and uh, Tommy Brockermeyer and JoJo Earl and. And Trey Sanders, and it feels like all three guys have not been, you know, the impact that, that maybe the headline would indicate they would have been. Yeah, and I think, Aaron, to be honest with you, and, you know, it's not like those guys aren't trying. I mean, they are. I think I think Brockermeyer's been injured. I think JoJo hasn't, you know, they haven't been able to give him the ball. Uh, you know, my, my son's a slot receiver, and I've turned into a receiver dad, right? I'm like, God, just throw my kid the ball, and we'd win every game, right? I mean, that's just how it goes. So, I mean, I get that, right? And and so, you know, it, I think from the – I'll go more of just kind of a higher-level perspective on this, I think, Aaron. I, as I've sat there and watched these, the – I think the portal's going to be and – and I'm a portal advocate. I, I don't want to come off like I, I, I don't like it. I think especially for kids that – or dealing with family sickness, or just homesickness in general, or you know, just any reason why they're like, man, I just want to, I, I just need a new place, right? I, they should be able to do that. But I think when schools are looking at loading their roster um, from, you know, or like primarily from the portal, with a bunch of really what are mercenaries that don't bleed that place, like that place isn't a part of their soul. I think that becomes problematic and, and from the standpoint of the locker room. Not that they don't fit, not that the guys don't like them, but it's just and, – and, Rod, I know you know this too, man. That room, when you've got guys that have been together for four or five years and they care about each other in a place that much, you get what you got last year from TCU football. I mean, every one of those guys yep. was around each other for five years, right? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. – you look at it, and, and so I think – that's going to be where I think you see some of that dial back and guys start focusing more on high school recruits. I really do think you're going to start seeing that, uh, you know, maybe not for the Bamas of the world, but, um, you know, for, for the TCUs for sure. Agreed. That's good stuff. That's a good point. What yeah. about the defense? You mentioned pass defense. They haven't been able to play lockdown quarter. Tomlinson was such a big factor. Uh, and just the struggles on that side because we're not sure if it's going to be Quinn Ewers or Malik Murphy for the Longhorns, but, uh, you know, Murphy's had his struggles with, uh, with interceptions in his two starts. Uh, let, me see, let me ask you this way. What do you, who do you expect to see at quarterback on Saturday, and uh, uh, how, how can this, this TCU defense flourish against the Longhorn offense? I think if TCU were playing better, Aaron, I think you'd probably see Ewers. Uh, I think with Malik Murphy, and, and by the way, I, I, he did some things I was like, whoa, okay. That guy's legit. I got to actually watch the game last weekend, and um, I mean he's impressive. So I, I, I we're I, I'm kind of expecting to see Malik Murphy. Uh, I think he presents a lot of challenges. Uh, I will tell you, Josh Newton, who was you know potentially up for the the Thorpe Award last year alongside Trey Tomlinson, has been just as good. He's been phenomenal. Uh, the the Frogs have taken a little bit of a step back, uh, you know, at the safety position and at the other corners. So now they've been better and they've been getting um, more guys in. You've seen, 
Channing Canada, who was a Trinity Valley uh, transfer, has gotten more reps lately. He's played really well when he's been given a chance. Uh, Jamel Johnson, Jante McMillan, all these guys are like second, third stringers that are getting significant time now. Uh, and, you know, Avery Helms gotten been the starter, but he's been inconsistent. And so, uh, again, you know, eight, nine games deep, you, you've got a, a unit that's trying to find itself and its identity, and that's – that's been problematic. But when they're playing well and they're playing at a high level, they're really good. And so you just don't know what you're going to get. And a lot of it depends on the pressure. Uh, you know, if they're asked to cover guys for a long time, I don't care who you are, it's hard to do. So uh, if, if the Frogs are able to get pressure, that obviously helps the secondary as well. Hey, Landry, you think they make a bowl game this year? Oh, man, the odds are stacked against them, right? I mean, we've got yeah. Texas and then Baylor and then at OU. Uh <laughs> You know, I, selfishly, I would like it just from an extra practice standpoint, right, going into the, the next season. Um, but, yeah, it's a long shot. It, it really is. I mean, if you, if you, don't, if you don't beat Texas, then, then you got your back up against the wall. And, uh, right, that's a good question. I've got a brother that lives in Puerto Rico with his family, and we're trying – and the, all the rest of my family is going down there right after Christmas, right? And my mom is on me about planning and trying to get my family down there, and I have to wait to see what bowl game the Frogs are going to play in, and I have not made that trip yet, if that gives you any indication. Yeah, no worries, because I think the last time a team played in a national title game and lost and didn't make a bowl game the following following year – I believe it was us Longhorns yeah. in 2009. That's playing right. for the Natty. I yeah. it was LSU. I thought, I actually thought it was uh, Ed Orgeron LSU. Oh, you may, maybe, may you're right. maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. It could be Ed I, I knew it was one of the two. It's definitely well, not. Well, they won, though, right? right? <laughs> Didn't they? They won. They won, though, Lance. Yeah. I'm talking about, about uh, Legend. I'm talking about the guys who lost like we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I got hey. that. I think you may be right about that. That's kind of a dubious yeah. honor. Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> it was a fun run a year ago. You know, year by year now, it's going to be different in college football. Sonny Dykes will get it back cranking and uh, looking forward to that. Hey, Landry, great to hear you, bud. Uh, glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of hoping you get to go to Puerto Rico and uh, <laughs> not have to cover some, some bowl game somewhere. <laughs> the Idaho Potato Bowl. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be good. Send you off to Idaho instead. <laughs> uh, Landry, thanks, buddy. Great to hear you. I hope to catch up soon. And uh, uh, let's talk. Uh, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep the, the lines open, okay? All right, y'all boys be good. Good to talk to you. Thanks, All right, there man. he is. There's the man in the booth. He's uh, great. He is great. He's just, you know, he's a football he guy. He played at TCU yeah. with Gary Patterson and was a receiver himself. And he uh, he's really good, really good at what he does. He needs to uh, he needs to go to Puerto Rico. So yeah, well, Texas because they're four and five. <laughs> if, if they lose to Texas and Oklahoma, that's going to guarantee it because they'd only end up yeah. with they could beat but, Baylor and be five and seven. Chances are though he won't be able to make the plans until the very end of the season because they're going to beat Baylor and lose to Texas and then you got to wait till yeah. the yeah. Oklahoma game. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Puerto Rico, I heard it's not really nice every all times of year, pretty much. You're right about Especially that. Especially now. <laughs> hey, you also heard the scouting report against Josh Hoover. Uh, PK, bring the house. Bring the house. Yes. Give him time. Yep. He'll get you. That's a great, but, but I agree with that. I think the conversation about, you know, you, you can't just rely on your down four. You bring some people. Bring some people. Get after the kid. Uh, make him make some throws. And I uh, might throw you a couple, too. Agreed. And they're, they're worse than you in the red zone, if you can believe that, Rod. Uh, there's a team amazing. that you are on your schedule that's worse than you in the red zone. It's, and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I said, they move the ball a lot. If you go look at the stats, we'll go into a little bit later on. And even it, uh, Landry admitted that. They move the ball. They just shoot themselves in the foot. And Texas does, too. Some good stuff there from the guys on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. 
uh, very good insight. And yeah, you could tell there is a little bit of uh, a little bit less uh, cockiness coming from TCU, and understandably in te- Texas, you know, you got to monitor your cockiness. We're all every Texas fan is is scared enough of I don't want to say scared, but every we're cautious enough. We're cautious enough to know to not you know get too cocky at any point now because we know we know what's happened before. So let's we're all walking in with it. But that, that it was interesting to see that TCU maybe the mood at TCU is a little bit down uh, with the weather tonight. You know maybe the mood will come down more. But you know I think this is going to be everybody's going to get up for a big game on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got to take one more break. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. On the Sports Complex, on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Aaron Hogan. with The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk. And I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. I hope everybody had fun on the show today. I sure did. And I appreciate each and every one of you who jumped on and joined us on the text line. The show does not work without you guys. I promise you. I love having you on there. Uh, we hope you have you back tomorrow. It's going to be another fun show. We'll talk a lot more Texas TCU. We'll talk more college football and NFL. Uh, maybe some NBA picks, college basketball. The Longhorns play their second game of the season tomorrow night as well. So we will get into more college basketball. So much stuff. My man Jacob Standard joining us for a fun Friday show. Uh, and, of course, everybody on the text line, you guys, uh, we always try to get to every one of your texts. We sometimes miss them, but we try and get to all of them, and we'll try and get to all of them again tomorrow. Uh, if you don't get it in today, you always just send it again tomorrow, and uh, we'll try and get to it then. But uh, we appreciate everybody out there. Uh, good stuff from uh, Hook'em Up as well on the show today, so appreciate those guys. Uh, but, yeah, tomorrow we'll have Jacob Standard in. We'll have a good show ready for you, get you ready for the weekend. Should be a good one. Hope, uh, some of you may be off tomorrow. If you're off tomorrow, happy early weekend to you. If you're off for Veterans Day, uh, if you're not off tomorrow, you're like me. I'll be working too, so uh, we'll go with it. And if you're a veteran, salute to you. Celebrating Veterans Day, you know, they're observing it on Friday, so we celebrate for two days. You deserve it. I think you probably deserve more. Uh, we're going to get out of here, but I uh, appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. I've said this a bunch now. Wrapping up the show. <laughs> but until then, until tomorrow, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and uh, we'll meet you right back here, 5 o'clock tomorrow right here on the horn the sports complex